Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show, Fired Up, brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok simply by looking for The Real Drew Duncan. And wherever you're listening, I am there. If you miss the show live, iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google, wherever you are listening, I am there. Simply tell you advice to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. Plenty to get to today. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Deion Sanders, primetime and company, making it happen against TCU. We're going to be talking about other college football games, North Carolina teams I was and wasn't impressed with. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Florida State, LSU. Plenty to get to on the show. Again, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio, TikTok, and YouTube, The Real Drew Duncan. I will start by saying this. I admire people that are willing to keep the same energy that they had by saying prime time's not going to get it done in Colorado. They hated the way that he used the transfer portal. If you're going to keep that same energy, I will tell you that I respect you. Because we all know as of the moment, after one game, there are a lot of flip-floppers. And to be perfectly clear, it is only one game. I'm not going to dispute that. But is it one down and how many to go? Look, the schedule to, at the beginning seems fairly favorable. Nebraska is not looking any better this year under Matt Rule than they were last year. The offensive pro- production from them was just not good in opening weekend. Could they improve from week one to week two? We'll see. But if you're watching the Colorado Buffaloes, you have to wonder how you're going to stop them. Because when you're looking at the footage, you're going to see a very balanced offense. Obviously, Travis Hunter is going to be a huge topic of discussion. Sanders, at quarterback, is going to be a huge topic of discussion with over 500 yards. Let's not forget that running game with Edwards and company. The offensive line did a very good job of giving Sanders time. I felt like Sanders was very balanced in that he was patient in the pocket. And he was absolutely dissecting the defense. In fact, most incompletions that he had, I counted five, were drop passes. And that includes a perfect throw to Hunter down the right side of the field that was right on the money. Hunter dropped it. I'm not going to let that overshadow an incredibly great football game from him. But it ended up leading to a field goal that did get blocked. So obviously, if you're Dion, you're watching this, and you're going to go, we need to clean up special teams. Defensively, I think Dion is going to want to see some cleanup. They allowed a lot of points on the board. Now, obviously, they got the two interceptions, and without those two interceptions, they probably lose that football game. Clearly the great play by Hunter. Then you had the other interception in the end zone. I think it was on TCU's second drive. The way they started out that football game, it had the feel of a blowout. And there were a couple of times when you thought they were getting ready to. I think Dion is probably going to talk to them about putting the game away, staying consistent. Lest we forget, they were up 24-14 to in that game. TCU came back and took the lead, 28-24. It did pretty much boil down to who had the football last. 
there were some great plays defensively. And obviously, I don't think it could be overstated what Hunter did. What did he play? 129 snaps somewhere in that neighborhood. But I think for anybody that's looking at this, and the reason why they are praising that football team the way that they are is because of the pressure that Colorado was under. Not just Deion Sanders. That football team. They knew. They read. They know what's going on on social media. They read your comments. They knew how you felt about Deion Sanders. And how they felt about Deion Sanders was trickling down to the football team. Can you imagine being Deion Sanders' son and playing cornerback? Deion Sanders' son and playing quarterback in Division I football with Deion Sanders as your head football coach? Do you know the stress level that it must have been for other players to come in from Jackson State, to come in from any other football team through that transfer portal, knowing that there were coaches who were speaking out against what Dion was trying to accomplish? That football team won one game last year, and there was only one starter that he kept from the defense a year ago, and that dude made it INT. Dion clearly has an eye for talent. And I want to remind everybody that while people were saying he was ego-driven and all those things when they saw him initially meet the football team, he asked everybody there, are you good enough to stay on this football team? And they were awfully quiet. If you don't believe you're good enough to play under Deion Sanders, why in the hell would he want you there? You know what he is going to demand. You know what he is going to want out of his guys. We need to understand that the pressure that that entire football team was under was simply this. If they lose, first, it's going to be an attack on Dion, which leads to an attack on what he did, which leads to an attack on them. He's overrated. He's letting his kids play. He's giving his kids one-digit numbers after he said everybody else has got to earn it. He's backtracking on everything. He's got no clue what he's doing. He's overrated. He skipped out on an HBCU. He took the money and ran, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all know damn good and well how the conversations would have gone had they lost that football game. At the bare minimum, it is obvious that they are a better football team than they were a year ago. Recruiting is a thing. And just because your name is Deion Sanders does not mean recruiting is going to be easy. Does it help with NIL deals? Absolutely it does. After all, anybody who grew up in the era of Deion Sanders or was alive an adult for the era of Deion Sanders, we know better than anybody he knows how to deal with the media, he knows how to handle attention, he knows what it is to get money, but even he at some point had the absolute stress that almost ended his own life. That's to the level that it was at. Nobody knows what is going on better than Deion Sanders. He's an incredible teacher. He is raising young men for lives that are beyond football. He's talked about UPS, FedEx being owners. He is ready. He is preparing his guys. And I've talked to greats like Howard Schnellenberger, et cetera, et cetera, who've all said we're not just raising athletes. We are raising fathers. We are raising military men. We are raising entrepreneurs. Dion has taken on that role. 
He's embraced every aspect of this. And I, I don't know where the hate comes from for Dion as an individual. You can say he's too flashy or whatever. Fine, fine, bro. That's not you, but that's him. That's him and his guys. And you can be mad at it all you want to be, but they have every right to feel good about themselves right now, given all the backlash that him and that football team were getting going into this game. 20-point underdogs, and they win. Do I think TCU in the Big 12 was overrated? Of course. I said all last season that nobody was going to compete with Georgia and anybody out of the Big 12 was going to get blown out, and that's exactly what happened. That doesn't negate the fact that this team had not practiced together for very long. They hadn't even played a single game together. They will continue to improve, I guarantee it. Like I said, a little bit of a cleanup on special teams. Defensively, you can't give up that many yards in most situations and win. Bend but don't break is still a thing. But overall, I think they're all right. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. If you miss the show live, I'm wherever you're listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there. Plenty more to get to. We're going to be talking about UNC in South Carolina. We're going to be talking about other teams that I was and wasn't impressed with. Additionally, obviously, we're going to be talking about Florida State, LSU, NFL as well. Chiefs, Lions getting ready for this Thursday. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial, my man. Everybody, I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Fired Up, brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you miss the show live, simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, etc. Wherever you are listening, I am there. Plenty more to get to, obviously. We're going to be talking about Florida State and LSU. Plenty of other college football and NFL to get to as well. That's still the jam. I don't care what anybody says. I like that slowed down version of the instrumental too, man. To me, Exhibit's verse on there was the hardest one. All I'm saying. North Carolina, South Carolina, Mac Brown gets win number 100 already. The all-time winning as head coach that North Carolina has ever had. Hey, Texas, did you figure out you could do a lot worse than Mac Brown? My goodness, a couple of bad seasons, you'd have thought it all hit the fan. Mac Brown showing you how damn good he really is. And, you know, I got to tell you, I maintained last year that if North Carolina had any type of defense at all, they would have been in a position where with that offense, they could have been playing for a national championship. Definitely at the bare minimum would have made the CFP. But last year is last year, and this year is this year. And I think one of the things that we were all looking for, especially if you're a Tar Heel fan, was improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I understand it's only one football game, but I got to tell you, they looked a lot better. 
Now, I am not the biggest fan of Rattler, the quarterback of South Carolina. I'll admit that. I think he's improved since he left Oklahoma and went to South Carolina. He found a better situation. He found a football coach that I think understands his strengths a lot better. Knows the type of players that he needs to have around him a lot better. So as he goes, the team goes. And I got to tell you, given all that, and given the fact that last year, North Carolina's defense ranked at the absolute bottom of the barrel, and regardless of how I feel about Rattler overall, the fact is, is last season, North Carolina would have easily given up 40 to South Carolina. Very easily. They were horrendous. So to me, I look at the defensive side of the football and I see a lot of improvement. I think the offensive line is phenomenal. I think the running backs, British Brooks and Hampton, those guys are incredible. I think they've got a hell of a tight end and John Copenhaver. The issue is I just don't know about Drake May and some of the receivers. I think the receivers have a very, very difficult time getting open. The offensive line definitely gives Drake May plenty of time to throw the football back there. I know that people are going to say, well, he made some throws under pressure. That was because he was back there waiting for a very long time. I think it was a combination of guys not getting open and Drake May honestly just maybe being hesitant. He threw some balls up that I'm going to tell you right now. If you're a head football coach, you don't want him to make those plays. That's the way that that is. And I don't think he's got the arm strength to really get it downfield the way you want a quarterback to. I think anything from, you know, 20 to 40 yards, he's probably going to be pretty accurate. Everything after that's going to be really difficult. We saw some guys bailing him out in that game against South Carolina. And I got to tell you, John Copenhaver, it wasn't just the one catch that he made because everybody's seen it by now in the highlight reel. The one-handed snag, he had to turn around. He's got a guy all over him, and he still makes the play, which, by the way, I personally still haven't seen an appropriate replay where he was supposedly getting flagged for an excessive celebration or whatever the hell it was. I, I thought it was ridiculous. Is what it is, NCAA, no celebrating at all. I really just thought that the football team overall, because they're lacking what they need from a quarterback and wide receivers, I don't know that this team is primed to take the ACC this year. I know a lot of people still believe that that conference belongs to Clemson. We'll see what happens. Obviously, Florida State, we're going to be talking about them a little bit later on. But the fact of the matter is, when I look at this football team, I ask myself, how many wins can they legitimately get? Can they beat tougher competition than what we saw? Now, anybody who's listening to me is probably going to say something to the effect of, well, dude, aren't you always bragging on how great the SEC is? I do to an extent. I've talked about last year, the perfect example was Florida manhandling the Pac-12 champion, Utah, well, 29-26. Regardless, the point is they beat them. And then they didn't even finish 500. And they beat the Pac-12 champion. Simultaneously, I've always said that the Pac-12 is the most overrated conference in all of college football. Now, I don't think the ACC is. East Coast football and basketball is a lot tougher than people give it credit for. Florida State, Miami, etc., they were dominant on the East Coast for a very long time. For a reason, well, reasons, 
but they were tough. And in bigger games against teams like Nebraska, Smash Mouth football teams, they were able to hold their own better than a lot of other teams in the country that come from supposedly more difficult conferences, especially ones like the Big Ten, especially ones like at the time the Big 12 that played a more traditional Smash Mouth football. They were able to hold their own. So you couldn't just sit around and discredit any team from the East Coast. To me, in the East Coast, basketball reigns supreme. Go look at what the Big East did in basketball just from 2000 to 2010 alone. It's the way that it is, whether people like it or not. What point are you getting to? The point that I'm getting to is that I don't know how good South Carolina is. I think they're mid at best. There were a lot of high expectations from a season ago, but I just don't think that South Carolina is a good measuring stick for how good the SEC is overall right now. Now, I will say credit is given where credit is due when North Carolina found a way to win that football game. The gadget stuff that South Carolina tried did not work. And North Carolina, again, on the defensive side of the football, were very much improved. I think if they're going to win football games this year, they're going to have to do it pretty much running back by committee. And I would be doing a lot more rollout plays, short throws over the middle to my tight end, get some quick outs, you know, for my wide receivers, you know, take them short over the middle. I'm not looking to run anything that's really deep just because I don't know if my receiver is going to get open or not. And I don't know if I've got a quarterback who can get it there. Again, Drake May was bailed out several times on Saturday night. I think that British Brooks may be not one of the better running backs in in college football, but I will say this. If you're talking about NFL level of patience, he's got it. Him and Hampton both. I mean, you you take that fourth and one play on the Wildcat formation, snap right to the back, very patient. Let his guys get in there. Let the play develop. Then he saw where his opportunity was. Field vision, patience, incredible, both from Hampton and Brooks. The way that they're going to win football games is running back by committee, utilizing the tight end Copenhagen or Copenhagen, pardon me, and having a quarterback that could just pretty much manage the game and not make some silly throws. Because I'm going to tell you what, you do some of that stuff that he did, even against Clemson or Notre Dame or Alabama, LSU, Florida State, it's not going to fly. Not going to fly at all. You're You're not going to be able to do that. You will lose by 50. You throw the football up like that against those teams. Copenhaver, I think, is NFL ready. I think you've got running backs that could be short down backs in the NFL right now for North Carolina. And you have to give credit to Mac Brown for what he's done at North Carolina. Again, I'm looking at you, Texas fan. How do you feel right now? You've got a lot of hype coming into this year. We'll see how good you really were. I, I really are. I wasn't impressed by the win at Rice. We will see what happens against Alabama. I maintain that last year, had it not been for you know the quarterback getting injured, probably would have won the football game, but woulda, coulda, shoulda, still had plenty of chances. And even then, you look at over the last how many years since Mac has been gone, how good has Texas really been? You can do a lot worse than Mac Brown. I'm just saying. Shout out my man P-Dub. That's what I think of North Carolina. 
Speaking of P-Dub, I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. You know, I used to feel bad for having backup accounts on social media platforms the way things are now. And you can get banned for anything. He said a naughty word. Oh, damn, I guess. Oh, well. To hell with it. You know what I mean? I think my backup on TikTok is Drew Duncan Radio. Regardless, the show is called Fired Up. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you miss the show live, simply look for me on iTunes, iHeart, Google, etc. Tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. You know, I don't want to get into like a whole thing about social media, but I just, I don't know. I'll tell you this much. If it wasn't for what I do in my career, I would not have social media at all. I'm just saying. To me, there would be no point having it. Everybody that would need my phone number could easily find it and get a hold of me that way. I'd make sure you had my number. It's about all there is to that. Plenty more to get to. Obviously, we're going to be talking LSU, Florida State. We're going to be talking a lot more college football. We're going to be talking a lot more NFL. Stick around. I am Drew Duncan. And as always, don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live, and the show is called Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Additionally, you can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. If you miss the show live, I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan Fired Up. iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there. Plenty more to get to. Obviously, we're going to be talking NFL, Florida State, LSU as well. In the meantime, a little more college football. Who I'm impressed with, who I'm not impressed with so far. A little bit later on, we'll be talking Heisman Trophy. Even though I still can't stand that conversation at the beginning of the year. But that's part of the reason why I'm going to be doing that. Just because, well, you'll see. 
teams I am not impressed with so far. And I'm going to put this at the very top of my list. And I want to be very clear with what I'm about to say. Number one, OU. You can beat up Arkansas by 150. I really wouldn't give a damn. Arkansas State, that is. You could beat them up by 150. I wouldn't care. They won that game. What was it? 73 to nothing. I was not impressed. We have seen teams like Purdue, Wake Forest, TCU, a host of others, OU included. First few games of the season, play some nobodies, win games, you know, scoring 50, 60, 70 points a game. You can have 900 yards of offense. I really don't give a damn. It was not an impressive win. I don't know why anybody is geeked up on OU so far. They have done nothing to show this season is going to be any different from a year ago. I know a lot of people who have followed me throughout my career. They call me a Big 12 hater. I don't give a damn. I'm going to be very clear about that. I I really just, I do not care. The Big 12 is severely overrated. TCU in Georgia was the bottom line of that last year. What is O and U in the playoffs? Aren't they zero and four, including three blowout losses? Then they had a huge lead. Was it on Georgia? Lost that game. Not sold. Not impressed. They're going to have to do something really, really impressive before I'm in on OU. That's all there is to that. How can you how can you say that when you just talked about Colorado winning, Andrew? I don't get it. Because Colorado, they were 20-point underdogs. Colorado has a group of guys that have not all played together. Colorado had a completely different situation coming in than anybody else, or than a lot of other people, I should say. Took a lot of risk, and even if they would have lost to TCU, keeping it close, I think would have been very symptomatic that Colorado was at the bare minimum heading in the right direction with Deion Sanders. Am I a big fan of the Pac-12? No. But I will say that Colorado's win over TC was impressive for those factors. Plus, I stood by primetime when a lot of other people did not. And I'm not backing down from that. If you think you're going to get me off the primetime train, you have another thing coming. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I do not give a damn. It's going to take a lot for me to get off of that. Yes, it was one game. Yes, there are 11 more to go. But they look damn good. Passing record, first time out. Come on. Other teams I wasn't impressed with, Iowa. Typical in kind of Iowa fashion, right? Not enough offense, pretty good defense. Probably will win seven or eight games this year. Uh, The Big Ten, I think, is a little bit deeper than people are giving it credit for, even though I've got a couple of Big Ten teams to point out. But I just don't think offensively they have enough firepower. Look, we've seen this before with Iowa, right, where their defense looks so outstanding that we think to them, to ourselves, man, they're just really good defensively, and that will be enough. And I'm not saying that having a good defense and a good run game isn't enough. But at some point, you need to have a quarterback that you can trust when the running game is not working. And I don't think Iowa, which leads me into Wisconsin, I don't think either one of those two teams have that situation. Now, I know there's going to be an Iowa fan out there somewhere, someplace, that'll say, well, Tanner Mordecai was very efficient, and he was. 
He was extremely efficient, but I just don't think the first half of that football game was a good look for Wisconsin. I think this is a very typical Wisconsin football team that we're looking at. We've seen it over the years with guys like Melvin Gordon, Ron Dane, et cetera, et cetera, where you look and you go, man, that run game is phenomenal. That defense is pretty good. Is it enough to get you to where you want to go? Can we have just an efficient quarterback and get us over the top? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, after all, the Denver Broncos, when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, they were not good offensively that season at all, really. Very hit and miss. Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions for three out of four weeks that he was riding a pine. Didn't even throw for 150 yards in the Super Bowl. Von Miller and that defense really dominated. At the collegiate level, though, at some point, you're going to have to have tempo and speed and all those things. Now, I will say this about Wisconsin. Both running backs, Braylon and Chaz, just looked NFL ready. Looked NFL ready. Defensively, I'm not sure they are where I want them to be yet. It's just not a good look to take a team on like what they did and, and not win that game by more. I understand that, you know, they're going to give you a little bit more. They know that they're underdogs. You got to kind of, you know, take that first hit in the mouth. And I get that. And that's fine. I can accept your argument of it's one game out. Let them get used to each other. Look, the run game for Wisconsin is probably good enough to win a championship game. Provided that both of those guys stay healthy and the defense plays well, they're going to be good enough potentially to win a championship. But again, if it breaks down, do you trust Tanner Mordecai enough to be able to say, if the running game completely breaks down, we have him, we know that we can win a football game. That's going to be the thing. On to the Pac-12, was not really impressed with Utah. Florida is not a good football team again this year already. I think we can go ahead and write off Florida, if I'm being 100% honest with you. You know, you go up and down, you look you know, at the SEC East. There's not as thick competition over there as there is in the subdivision of the SEC West. So you would think that they could win a few games, but I, I just don't see it. I don't think they'll be able to bounce back. I think the SEC is a little bit better this year. I think they have a little bit more depth this year. And here's the the overall thing that I have right now with Utah and Florida, and that is it, it's the coaching. I really don't see any issues with any of the players when I watched them on Thursday. What I had a hard time with was starting from the 50, starting from the 45, creating turnovers. You know, you, you have a missed field goal, whereas Florida, what they missed, two field goals in that football game not to mention the yards that they gave up, because if you look at it statistically, Florida was all up and down that field. Third down penalties, though, with false starts and issues that they had with special teams. You've got two guys on the field, both wearing the same number. Little things like that. I just look at that game, and I felt like Utah could have easily won by 40 or 50. Had they had done that and capitalized completely, on what Florida was unable to do, then I would have said, yes, absolutely, this is a team right now that could compete in the CFP. 
But there's just a lot to clean up there from Utah. And as the season goes along, you know, without the starting quarterback, running a two-quarterback system, I felt like those coaching things really kind of put a damper on Utah. You had a backup quarterback that came in, was playing very good football, four out of his first five, including a 70-yard touchdown pass to begin the game with. Why not just stick with it? You're ruining the rhythm of the offense. So there's that. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Plenty more to get to today. Obviously, we're going to be talking about LSU and Florida State. We're going to have some Heisman talk coming up a little bit later on. We've got NFL to get to. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial, my man. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and Patreon. TikTok, simply look for the real Drew Duncan. And of course, I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you missed the show live, you can always find me on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google, wherever you're listening. I am there. Plenty to get to. We're going to be talking a little bit more college football a little bit later on. We've got NFL to discuss. The Lions, I think, are the most overrated football team coming into this season. I don't think there's any ifs or buts about it. In the meantime, the big one over the weekend, LSU, Florida State. We were all looking for a rematch of last year's football game. We started out with it. We damn sure didn't finish with it. Not in the least bit. At one point, Florida State outscored LSU in the second half. What was it? 24 to nothing, somewhere in that neighborhood. Got up 45 to 17 before LSU finally got back on the board. Look, these were the things that I was talking about with LSU going into this game. The offensive line play, not having their star running back in. Jaden Daniels basically having to carry the team on his own. I believe that in order to beat Florida State, they were going to have to slow the pace of the game down. Short, quick outs, quick ends, set up that defense, try and hit a seam route later on. Slow the pace of the game down. And neither team wanted to do that. Both teams said, to hell with it. We're going to basically put this in the hands of our quarterbacks and find out what we've got in front of us. But what I talked about with LSU was the lack of offensive line play. And the bottom line is we saw it exposed, especially in the second half of that football game. You know, I said over and over and over again, 
that going into this football game, Jaden Daniels is far ahead of where he should be. Could have gone to the NFL last year. Elected to come back this season. I don't know if it's going to hurt his stock later on down the road. Of course, I hate that term. I don't know if it's going to hurt where people see him. I don't think that it should, you know, depending on how the season turns out, unless he gets hurt. I think that Jane Daniels is still one of the best prospects going into the draft. I think he's still a potential Heisman Trophy candidate. We'll get into that later on. But I just don't think that this is on him. I think you have a horrible offensive line that couldn't block a lot of really good defensive lines in college football. I think he's going to have a very difficult time in SEC play. It's the way that it is. Jane Daniels is a hell of a quarterback. But when all is said and done, he does not have time to throw. Count to three when you're watching LSU draw back to pass. You're not going to get there very often. And when you do get there, you're going to see how well Florida State did by being disciplined, their defensive ends staying in their spots, forcing him back to the inside. Florida State was just playing bully football the whole game. It didn't look like it in that first half, but they did. And LSU blew a lot of opportunities. They were able to move the football. Fumbles, couldn't convert on fourth down. Other turnovers, they had the INT. Didn't like a couple of hits that were out of bounds, especially the one on Daniels. But even when he decided to run the football over the middle of the field, they were literally picking him up and throwing him around. They had nothing but bad intentions in mind on defense. For Florida State, it goes without saying, I think at this point, that A, Jordan Travis has definitely entered himself into Heisman Trophy discussion. That's A. B, I think, again, it's pretty obvious that now this win really gives them a lot of headway going into the college football playoff. You know, we saw last year where LSU didn't get out to a very good start, but they finished strong, and that was what a lot of people believed would get them to where they were going into this series, into this season. The fact of the matter is, I don't care what anybody did last year. I don't know how many times I have to repeat it. Because of their preseason ranking, it could potentially make this win look a lot better than it really is. I don't think the story here, though, is Jaden Daniels' offensive line inability to block. I think what this amounted to was poor execution overall as a team, for the most part, from LSU. Defensively, after a while, they were worn down. They were beat up. They were tired of being on the football field. Florida State stuck to their game plan. They put the ball in the hands of Jordan Travis, which, you know, I love Trey Benson. I I thought that he was very much an early potential Heisman Trophy candidate. Not saying that he's still not. What I am saying is that over and over again, I have said if the run game breaks down or if a head coach wants to trust a quarterback with the game, there are few quarterbacks in any league, whether it's NFL, high school, collegiate, it doesn't matter. There are few quarterbacks that can take on that responsibility 
and get the job done. We saw it with Jordan Travis tonight. We also saw it with his wide receiver, Coleman, who deserves a lot of credit for how well that offense moved. Their offensive line, they made some adjustments, I think, in some of their pass protects. Uh, schemes, which helped them, gave Jordan Travis a little bit more time back there. You know, you had to give it to LSU at the end of that first half. You know, they drove down. They got a field goal. It just, when you were watching that game, it just seemed like Florida State, though, was yay far away from taking over this football game. LSU, right out of the gate, smacks them in the mouth. What was it, basically eight tries on the goal line? They get bailed out by a penalty, and they get four more tries, and they cannot get the job done. Now, I didn't like the play calling down there inside that situation. I think you run the ball straight forward. I'm so tired of seeing pistol and shotgun and diamond formations and all this other stuff. When you're down in that close, just go under center, line it up, and make it happen. If you're going to run down and do something like that, you better get it on a really quick snap. Florida State deserved to win that football game tonight. They took advantage of all the mistakes. They took, look, all the penalties and everything that LSU was surviving on early in that football game. Florida State did not budge a bit. You have to give them credit for this win. You have to give the coaching staff credit because they made adjustments in the second half. They played bully football against their offensive line. They were just bull rushing guys. They played great contain on the edges. They forced Jaden Daniels into some really compromising situations, and they ran away with this football game. They were that damn good. Now, national title good? I don't know yet. Still got a couple of more games on their schedule. There could be some matchup problems along the line in the ACC. But early on, you have to give it to them. And clearly, Jordan Travis puts himself into the Heisman Trophy spot. That's pretty cut and dry, don't you think? All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. The show's called Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on TikTok and YouTube. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. If you miss the show live, you can find me on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening to podcasts, I am there. Plenty more to talk about. We're going to get into my early Heisman candidates, mainly because I'm sick of hearing about Caleb Williams. There's more than him out there. Not to bash him, but there's more than him out there. Going to be talking NFL, Lions, Chiefs, why I think the Lions are extremely overrated headed into their season opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. Plenty more to get to. Shout out my man P-Dub. We'll be back right after this. And as always, don't you dare touch that dial, amigo.
Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Thank you for checking me out on Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Block 50 Global Radio. Global Radio is online all day, every day for many things, not just my show. If you are listening, in case you forget my show, do not forget that you can listen to me wherever you're listening to podcasts. I am on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening. I am there. And, of course, you can always follow me on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. That's Duncan like Tim, not the donut. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. Everybody, I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show. Fired up Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Do not forget that if you miss the show live, I am wherever you are listening to the podcast. Simply say it if I play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Speaker, etc. Wherever you are listening, I am there. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 global radio shout out the homie p-dub in the meantime plenty to get to we're going to be talking a little more nfl later on chiefs lions should be a decent one but i think it could end up being pretty ugly if i'm really being like honest honest with you about it in the meantime heisman talk look i'm going to tell you something anybody who knows me knows that i hate heisman talk I really do. I hate top 25 preseason polls. I hate Heisman talk. I've been saying it for, I don't know, the better part of 13 years. We don't need anybody to jump the gun because, you know, like I said, perfect example, we don't know how good that Florida State win over LSU is really going to look by week 10. LSU might be a below 500 football team by then. The ratings will be there. It's LSU. It's Florida State. It's week number one. It could be a great look later on. Maybe LSU reels off seven or eight big games or, you know, seven or eight wins in a row. But we don't know. As of the moment, it looks like a great win. They deserve to have it. And understand, I don't have any disdain towards Kayla Williams. I really don't. I, I think... My thing is, that's all everybody wants to talk about. Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. You understand that there's more guys out there, right? It doesn't always have to be the quarterback either. When you look at some of these teams, there's the potential for multiple Heisman Trophy candidates as the season progresses. I mean, what about Shador Sanders? 500 yards right out of the gate with Colorado. You're going to tell me that you don't want to throw that hat in a ring yet? What about Justin Travis of Colorado? 
both ways, played over 50 snaps in that football game. Had an interception. Looking like Dion out there, looking like Charles Woodson out there. You're going to tell me that you're not going to throw his hat in the ring? I still believe that Trey Benson has a shot. Depending on how the season goes, there's a good possibility that he's got a chance. Estime at Notre Dame, I really like him. I think as he goes, Notre Dame goes. And remember, the Heisman Trophy is not just the best player in the country. But it's the player who's the best in the country and is the most valuable to their team. We could see that with multiple guys on multiple teams this year. It's a point of fact. It could tell you how loaded some teams are at the end of the day. But then again, do we really know that going into the season? What about Wisconsin? I mean, they got two running backs that both had over 140 yards against Buffalo the other night. Now, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Wisconsin, I don't think overall it looked like a very good win. I really don't. But, man, you cannot, and I mean you cannot, take away from what those two backs accomplished in that football game. Pretty outstanding performance, if I'm being honest. I think Chez Malusi and Braylon Allen could be the best running back tandem in all of college football. So, again, you may have two guys on one football team that could potentially be Heisman Trophy candidates. I really believe that this season could be one of the more unpredictable ones overall for not just the Heisman, but how the college football playoff is going to really pan out. Already I know I've, I've said that I don't agree or, or like certain teams already. I, I've, but what I've more been doing than anything is I've been spotting what I perceive as a potential weakness in their games, within their teams, within their coaching. Utah's got a pretty solid football team, if you ask me. And when their quarterback comes back, he could very well be, again, a Heisman Trophy candidate. But the coaching decision, two quarterbacks, you've got a guy in rhythm. Why are you stopping the rhythm? Some of the execution should have beat Florida by way more than they did. Should have been a blowout win. OU, come on, they won 73 to nothing over Arkansas State. Anybody who thinks that win is impressive is an OU fan or delusional still have real football to play. Iowa, 24-14 to 14 win. What was it? Utah State, if I remember right. You're going to tell me that that's impressive? Now, I understand that on any given time that you step out on that football field, there are teams out there that aren't very good that, pre- that can present matchup problems. There's just something about them stylistically, the way they play football, whatever the case may be. You're having a bad day. doesn't matter. 
You get out there and anything can happen. Every single week matters, especially in college football. That is a point of fact. And the committee is so unpredictable that you never know how many style points you are really going to need. Do I think a win is a win? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, no. Sometimes you look back and I think you think to yourself, man, I'm not really sure if I wanted to win that game that way. If it works out for you later on down the road, then more power to you. But again, I just think that there's more out there than Caleb Williams. He's a damn good quarterback, but against some of the better defenses and in some of the bigger games, he's just had some problems. Turnovers are absolute killers. And I mean, we've already got teams saying that the Arizona Cardinals are trying to figure out a way, basically, that they can get away from Kyler Murray. They brought in Joshua Dobbs. They've got another kid that ain't going to do nothing. They let go of Cole McCoy. A lot of people are thinking that they are tanking for Caleb Williams. What about Sam Hartman over at Notre Dame? What about Jaden Daniels? What about Jordan Travis? Look, I just think the issue is is we we just put way too much emphasis on quarterback. We put way too much emphasis on one guy. We And, and I'm not saying that a great quarterback can't make or break a, a really good football team because they absolutely can. We've seen it before with guys like Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Joe Montana, Donovan McNabb, Steve Young. We've seen it over and over and over again. A really good quarterback can make a very mediocre football team look really good, but a mediocre quarterback can look really good on a damn good football team, and that is the way that that is, whether anybody likes it or not. I really think that Travis playing both ways, to me, he's my favorite up front. He really is. He is my favorite up front for the Heisman. If he keeps playing like that, regardless of how Colorado does, it's going to be very hard to say no to him. Because there will be that nostalgia when thinking about Charles Woodson, when thinking about Deion Sanders. A time that has almost been all but forgotten. Deion Sanders brought it back. Maybe you want to talk about balls, man. What a lot of trust. No wonder that kid was so highly recruited. Seriously. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Look for The Real Drew Duncan. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. The show is called Fired Up. You can find me wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back to talk NFL. Don't you dare touch that dial.
Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show. Fired up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. If you miss the show live, no worries, my man. Check me out wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, iHeart, Google, Deezer, Spreaker. Wherever you are listening, I am there. And, of course, I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Shout out my man, P-Dub. My A1. What's up with a partner? Hope you're living good today, baby. I can't call it. You know what I mean? You got it, baby. Still plenty more to get to right now. I want to get into a little bit of Kansas City and Detroit. I know it's early. I know it's Monday. The game's not until Thursday. But, man, damn it, if I'm not anxious for the NFL. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't think Detroit looks very good coming up Thursday night. I know everybody is really super geeked on this football team, how they closed out last season. That's fine. What was still basically the end result of last season? I can't remember where they were, even with the playoff extending to seven teams. Oh, yeah, that's right. You sound like a hater, bro. No, man, I just don't like jock riding for no reason. That's what it is. I don't like jock riding for no reason. It's annoying. That's what it is. Matter of fact, I can't stand unnecessary jock riding. I guess we forget that Jared Goff is still Jared Goff. Well, he's been to a Super Bowl. Bro, Brad Johnson has a Super Bowl ring. You're going to tell me he's great? I don't want to hear it. Okay? There are a lot of guys who have been to Super Bowls that are not good. There have been guys that have been to Super Bowls that are not good and won. I'm I'm so sick of that argument. Just because somebody had a flash in the pan season does not mean they are good. And look, Jared Goff put his body on the line, and I get all that. But the fact of the matter is, I said going into that game against New England that the Patriots were going to force him to be a quarterback. That without the perfect situation and and no girly, it was going to be difficult. Well, they didn't have girly in the game before. Look, dude, they were down. New Orleans couldn't finish a job, and then the worst call in playoff history, more than likely, burned everybody in that city badly. Not just the Saints, but their fans. Don't tell me that play or that that call wasn't ridiculous because it was. Now, again, I am of the mind that New Orleans should have been able to put their game away. It's at one point, you know, the crowd was so loud that Jared Goff and those guys they couldn't even get the plays in. They couldn't do anything on the line of scrimmage. They had every opportunity. I get it. And golf made some plays in that football game. But let's be honest, New Orleans wasn't exactly known for their defense despite having the allegations. I don't see where Detroit's going to be a good football team. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Not when you still don't make the playoffs, bro. Not when you're still not that good. I don't care what golf's passing numbers were from a season ago. It's the NFL. It's inflated now with cruddy refereeing and it's so it's to the point where it's almost just illegal to touch a receiver coming off the line of scrimmage you know you used to be able to check them then they said no to that then they made everybody back off 15 yards then they gave them a five-yard leeway and all this other stuff it's just gotten to the point where it's ridiculous and I don't want to hear anything about how 
Jared Goff carried that football team without Gurley because he did not. That team was loaded. I think McVay has proven that he's a pretty solid coach overall. And the fact of the matter is, even with a quarterback who's as mid as Matthew Stafford, look what happened the next season. They won a Super Bowl. I don't want to hear it. When Goff was in the game in the Super Bowl, you could visibly see Bill Belichick, his demeanor completely change. If Gurley would have been in that Super Bowl, absolutely L.A. would have won. But forcing Goff to be a quarterback all the time will not get you to where you want to go. I think the coaching staff is overrated. And I do not, and I will repeat this for the upteenth millionth time in a row. I do not, I cannot, I will not. There's no reason for me to go off of the success of anybody the season prior. I don't care how horrible you were, how great you were, how mid you were. I want to know what you did to improve going into this season. And what about this season should make me think that the end result will be any different because their head coach has been all over ESPN, all over local networks, all over CBS Sports. He's been here. He's been there. He's been everywhere. And he's just like, yeah, we're having a good time. We're ready to go. He's all smiles. By week five, that smile will be completely wiped off of his face. The Lions are far and away the single most overrated football team coming into the NFL season. What have they done to you that says, boy, they have really done what it takes to get better? The Detroit Lions are still that same organization that would not let Barry Sanders out of his contract even after he offered him $5 million, screwed him over, wouldn't let him leave because they knew he was a cash cow. The Detroit Lions are still that same organization that didn't want Megatron to be out of there. No matter what Megatron was willing to do, they weren't going to let him go. Forced him into retirement. Why? Because they didn't want to lose their cash cow. Now, I don't look at him like a cash cow. That's how they look at him. Because owners treat this thing like it is a business, not like they are individuals. Do I need to repeat that for anybody? Look what happened when they let go of Matthew Stafford. Their worst nightmare became a reality. It's why they didn't want to let go of Barry. It's why they didn't want to let go of Megatron. But at some point, they knew they had to cave in because of how bad it looked. It's just, it's so frustrating. We haven't seen one NFL game yet. So even then, I guess I'll be fair. Because somebody out there is going, bro, first of all, you're going way too far in. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Secondly, somebody's going to go, well, is it fair for you to make the same assessment that they're not going to be good this season? You could be right in that. I would absolutely positively give you that. It may not be that fair. It may not be fair for me to say that come Thursday night, Kansas City is going to hang 45 on that defense. Detroit's going to get 17, and all of them are going to be in the first half, and after that, they won't get diddly. 
you're absolutely right. It could be that, that that's not fair. Maybe sometimes I'm just anti-stuff. I don't know. What I do know is this. I guess at the end of the day, neither one of us are right, are we? Not me and either one and any one other journalist is right, I suppose. I guess I'm not right to say they're still not going to be that good this year. Because, we, I mean, we don't know what Jordan Love's going to do. We don't know what Perk Cousins is going to do in this season. We know what he did last year. What's he going to do this year? The Bears, Justin Fields, are they any more improved from a season ago? How tough is that division going to be? The point of what I'm saying is I get tired of preseason this and preseason that. It gets annoying. Will I change my prediction? Will I change my pick down the road? Maybe. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to get on this microphone and say, you know what? I was absolutely wrong. And I'll cite why I was wrong. And I'll say what they did differently to win that football game. I just don't think, though, that Jared Goff is a quarterback to get you to where you want to go. I think he's good enough to start in the NFL. But if you ask me, he, he to me, he's still a backup. I think he's just a good game-managing quarterback. There's nothing wrong with it. But to say he's elite, I, I don't think so, Tim. I'm Drew Duncan. This is Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. This is Fired Up. I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you miss a show live, we are there. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. We'll be back after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. We are live. The show is called Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you miss us live, iHeart, iTunes, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening to podcasts, I am there. I am partially and brought to you by Block 50 Global Radio. In the meantime, you know, I said I was going to go see the new Denzel flick. And I got to tell you, man, it looks, it, or it was really damn good. It had its lows. You know, the the first two Equalizer movies were really good. They they were so well paced. There was a really good balance of, of action and getting to know characters and really spontaneous moments. You know, I, I it wasn't quite like that in this movie. The opening scene is badass. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. That opening scene was hellacious, as a matter of fact. I just, um, I I thought getting into like that middle part where, you know, you kind of need to keep everybody there. It it really kind of hit a wall. 
they did a really good job of disguising Denzel's lack of mobility now at his age. I will say that he's still a damn good actor. There's no way fans or butts about that. They did a really good job of bringing it back around. I'm not going to tell you how, why, or any of that because I'm not an asshole. But I will say. How do I want to word this? I I will just leave it at they did a good job of bringing some things back around. I think it effectively ends the trilogy unless they get his son to step in because he's got a new movie coming out on the 29th that I can't wait to see. There were some previews for that. And I thought, man, that looks damn good. But I, I just I don't know that I want to see another Equalizer movie. To me, the way that they ended it, it definitely needs to stop right there. Unless you get somebody else to to carry it on, kind of like a, a 007 type thing. It's just the next guy is the equalizer. Which, by the way, the theater I went to go see it at, they had these old school classic trailers for movies. I had no idea that The Equalizer was a remake. And I'm usually pretty good about knowing stuff like that. I had zero clue. Like, I knew Man on Fire was. uh, But I had no idea that The Equalizer was a remake. Now, I will say I didn't see the original. And the original had a very short trailer compared to a lot of other movies. Right, like Taxi Driver or Cab Driver, you know that movie with uh, Robert De Niro, you know? You talking to me? Are you talking to me? You know that movie? That had a very long trailer for it. The Equalizer didn't. And I've always been of the opinion, the shorter the movie trailer, the better the movie. So it kind of makes me wonder why I don't know that movie existed. Especially with comedy flicks. Like, the more... The more funny parts you show me, the less I think it's any good at all. Especially when they show you that extreme part, you know. I just kind of think to myself, well, <laughs> I mean, what what's left? Because you, you probably just showed me the funniest line in the whole damn movie. Or at least the most extreme bit. Just kind of wanted to hit on that. Uh, really quick here, Big 12 proving to me once again just how overrated they really are. KU, not a really good showing. Obviously, Baylor with their loss. TCU, they, they lose to Colorado. I mean, at this point, does there even need to be Big 12 football? If I'm just being honest with you, do you really want Big 12 football anymore? Big 12 basketball, to me, it it shouldn't be a thing either. Every year we've we've got all these Big 12 teams ranked and all this, and they're all over the NCAA tournament, and you get six or seven teams in. How many of them survive in one tournament to the end? I still believe the Pac-12 is overrated, although – you know, somebody's going to say, well, they went undefeated on Saturday, you know, or at least over the first weekend they did. 
But let's not forget that Oregon State, USC, they both played San Jose State, if I, if I remember correctly. So San Jose State at this point is just a punching bag. So let's not forget that. And in case anybody's wondering, no, I wasn't impressed with Oregon's win over Portland either. I, I just, when somebody runs up 90 or 80 or 70, I just feel like at that point you are asking for somebody to kick your ass a little bit later on down the season in the worst possible way. I think you're making up for what you know that you're lacking when it really boils down to it. So I wasn't impressed with Oregon's win over Portland State. Pretty soft all the way around. Obviously, in the coming weeks, there's going to be some more difficult football games, so we'll see how those go. But I just don't think the Pac-12 was really that impressive when it all boiled down to it. Everybody, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I can be found on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan. Fired up. Everywhere you listen to podcasts. Closing thoughts. When we come back, I'll be back right after this. Bringing my pimp hand with me. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Do not forget that I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you miss a show live, you can always follow me on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Speaker, wherever you're listening, I am there. We are brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Closing thoughts after a hellacious weekend of college football. Of course, and again, I don't know if I'd really call it hellacious. I mean, the best game that we really got when all was said and done in terms of, quote, big games was TCU in Colorado. And again, I respect anybody who says at the beginning that they didn't like Dion and they're going to keep that same energy. I'm not. I mean, I guess I'll keep the same energy that I had before, which was I think Colorado's going to do a lot better than everybody believes that they are. Their win over TCU could very much be symptomatic over it. Again, I am not remiss in thinking to myself, it's one game. I get it, okay? I really do. I get it. However, that one game is already as many games as they won all last season. And I encourage you to go back and find out who they beat and how they beat them. I'm just saying. They already, at the bare minimum, look better than that. 
it is not too far to say that Travis playing both ways has now tipped his hand in the Heisman hat. It's not too far to say that uh, Shador Sanders has tipped his hand in the Heisman hat. And it's not too far to say that, I mean, even if Colorado goes seven, eight wins this season, that Deion Sanders couldn't be a, a candidate for coach of the year. I mean, seriously. Nobody expected this. Nobody. The few of us that believe something like this could happen, we all got ridiculed. Heisman Trophy candidates, speaking of which, I like a lot of other people other than just Caleb Williams. I just want the season to play out. There are other guys. Estimate Notre Dame, hell of a running back. Sam Hartman, huge transfer from Wake Forest. Let's see what he's got in the tank. If Estimate Company can't get it going, what does he have? There are two running backs in Wisconsin that opened up this past Saturday with 140 yards on the ground or more. Braylon and Chez have the opportunity to be potentially two running back Heisman Trophy candidates on one damn team. I understand everybody's affinity for Caleb Williams. It's just that there's more out there. Teams that I am not yet impressed with. OU. Oregon. I don't care if they beat those teams up by 50, 60, 70, 80, or 90. Not a good look. You know that they're bad teams. Take your foot off the gas. Iowa. Not enough defense. Or not, not enough offense. I love their defense, but I've loved their defense for the last two or three years. I just haven't loved their offense. They don't have enough. Wisconsin, look, I'm sold on their running backs. Don't know that I'm sold on their defense. And again, I think Mordecai, very efficient. But if for whatever reason the run game breaks down or that defense has a bad day and the running backs aren't able to, you know, keep up with what's going on on the scoreboard, do you have a quarterback that can get back there, sling it, get you a quick 50, 60-yard touchdown? That's going to be a huge thing for Wisconsin. Especially in the Big Ten, if you end up in a slugfest and you got to drive the ball down the field, do you have a quarterback that can get it done? Utah wasn't too impressed with them. I didn't like the two-quarterback system. I think they have, of all the teams that I've talked about, probably some of the best players. I just think that it's a coaching thing that's going on in Utah. That's what I think. I think you make a decision, and then you just you stick with it. You know? Give your guys the best chance to win a game of football. I'm just saying. Uh, most overrated team coming into the season is probably Detroit. I, I still think Detroit is Detroit. Again, I'm willing to concede to the fact that as unfair as I say it is to call somebody good based off of last season, it's probably not fair to call them bad because I haven't seen them play yet this season. I think the game against Kansas City is going to be about how hungry Kansas City really is. Have they gotten complacent? Have they gotten too big-headed or are they mad that because a lot of journalists and people are saying you know philly was the better team bro they should have won that football game they're all sitting around talking about jalen hurts the new contract he just got what are the eagles going to do this season are they going to repeat are they going to get back 
If it hadn't been for the fumble, they would have won that football game. Yada, yada, yada. Do they figure out a way to keep themselves motivated throughout the season? It's going to be huge. Huge opening game, I think, really for both teams. I, I think it sets the tone for the rest of the season. I really believe that. Florida State, LSU, look. LSU's offensive line maybe even worse than what it was a season ago. Jaden Daniels is back there fighting for his life. I think coming back really hurt him, but I, I admire him for doing it. I really do. Guys, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me wherever you're listening to podcasts. I am there. If you miss the show live, Simply take your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening. I am there. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Obviously, plenty to get to as the week comes up. We'll obviously keep an eye on all football games coming up for this weekend and any and all news. As always, stay safe. Take care of each other. Music is up next. Don't you dare touch that dial.